Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today, and today we're joined by Kathy Ritter. Kathy, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for joining us today, Kathy. And Kathy's here today to share her testimony with us. Kathy, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. I am local. I uh, was born in Stanton. Uh, My parents moved to Harrisonburg when I was three, I believe, and I've been in the Harrisonburg-Bridgewater area ever since, except for the two years that Drew and I lived in New Jersey when we were first married. So uh, we are still living in Bridgewater, and I love the area, and I love being in Bridgewater and being local. Kathy, I have a feeling that you grew up in church. I did. (laughs) I did. Um, I say that because I know your parents. Tell us what that was like growing up as a little girl going to church. My earliest memories, what I I think is really cool is I have always been in church. My parents uh, got settled into the Methodist church here in Harrisonburg when they moved here. And there was a wonderful lady in the nursery that kept the nursery for a very long time. Um, And she was in there every Sunday, both services. And I kind of got settled in with her. And so um, I remember being just loved in you know from very early memories in the church just being loved by people that were in the nursery by people that were in the Sunday school classes I had amazing Sunday school teachers one of them being my mother-in-law was one of my Sunday school teachers when I was a kid um, because Drew and I've known each other since we were real little so Um, y'all were in the nursery together we were we were and um and his mom actually babysat me some when I was really little so yeah so we have a long history but I think just what really impacted me as far as being in the church from that young age is I felt very comfortable just being able to go to people that if I had questions or if I needed something that I felt like there was really a family, especially in the Sunday school classes and things. We just, we had a very good youth group when I was coming up. And so I was just been very fortunate in my life to have really good role models, um, starting with my parents and my grandparents. And I would stay with them, uh, my grandparents in the summer. And I remember sitting with my grandmother, reading the upper room devotional every night and reading the scriptures that went along with it. And just really just from a very early age, just really being very blessed just to have that comfort feeling and that surrounding love that kind of just goes for me with being in a church family. Yeah, yeah. Those are precious memories, I'm sure. Yes. And just think it's really amazing how you and Drew just kind of started your life out. We you did. Know? We did. You met very young. We did. So how did you get from this place of where you went to church with your parents and from kind of following their faith to coming to that point maybe of accepting Christ you maybe you still continued following them a little bit I don't know Mm -hmm. when that happened for you but tell us about you know what coming to faith looked like and then you kind of developing your own faith apart from your parents sure one of the things that I think was very impactful for me I was eight years old when the movie Johnny came out about Johnny Erickson, Mm -hmm. now Johnny Erickson Tata. Mm -hmm. And I remember my parents taking me to see that film. And that has just been 
a really impactful story for me. Like just, she has been somebody that I have kind of followed through the years. I've read her books, have devotionals by her, truly an inspiration Mm -hmm. with what she went through involved in a diving accident, being a quadriplegic and learning to draw and write with her mouth. And um, I just remember when I was seeing that movie and realizing that there is something bigger, you know, there is something that gives life meaning. And even if you have very limited abilities, God can still use you Mm. in an extremely mighty way. And so I think that was kind of the beginning of me realizing that there was a relationship because of struggles that she went through. And I know, you know, in my lifetime, I've been extremely blessed. I have been protected um, from a lot of things, you know, as far as I really haven't had a lot of those really awful experiences that some people have. And I guess that's part of my testimony is that I have been protected from Mm -hmm. things that other people have gone through. And I just, I consider myself very, very fortunate in that. And I always felt like, you know, God uses me in smaller ways, but it's not necessarily the big bang ways that people with rougher life stories have. When Drew and I got married, we moved to New Jersey for two years, and I'm an only child, and so I'm very close to my parents, and that was a really hard decision to make because that kind of all transpired. Drew and I were engaged. We were planning a wedding, and as far as we knew, I was working a full-time job. He was going to graduate with a degree in architecture, and we were going to get married and get jobs and you know live happily ever after. And in um, early spring of the year we were supposed to get married, he got a job offer in New Jersey. And that kind of spun things around for me because I'm, like I said, extremely close to my parents. And that was a real eye-opening situation where now suddenly I'm having to, you know, make the decision that, yes, I am going to move five and a half hours away from home. And I'm going to leave the job and the friends that I have. And I'm going to go and make this new life. And it was hard. It was extremely difficult. I was very homesick. But when we got to New Jersey, we went on our honeymoon and got to New Jersey, and I started looking for a a job. And Drew's boss, um, his wife, was part of a small group. And she called me after we got back from our honeymoon, and I had been settling in for about a week. And she said, I will be picking you up for (laughs) small group um, tomorrow night at 6.30, something like that. She didn't ask. She didn't say, would you like to do this with me? She said, I'll be there to pick you up. And I said, okay. (laughs) And those ladies surrounded me and really became a lifeline for me as far as um, the friendships I built. That was my very first experience with a small group. Drew was in the men's group, and it was kind of cool because those two groups were kind of spouses Mm -hmm. of each other. And so that was a really cool thing. And I made wonderful friends, and it really helped me make those connections that I was missing from here. And they were really a surrogate family for both of us. And we were able to learn things. It was just a really, our first kind of experience with a really in-depth Bible study. And so when you're learning from people that have had a life experience and have walked a little further in their journey with the Lord, um, it really grew my faith. I learned things that I didn't know and we were studying scripture and we were studying, you know, just some of the history of how all the things with Israel came to be. And I just learned a lot and we had a really great church family, but those ladies in that small group were just really impactful in how I grew in my faith apart from my parents. It was one of those things where 
I feel like I had the faith and I had knew the Lord and I loved him. But when you're in high school and when you're in college, you just, you're kind of doing your own thing and, you know, just getting through the studies and everything. And so I feel like when Drew and I got married, that was a real, a real gift um, to be able to learn from people. Our, our life groups were people from my age, which was 24 at the time. And then we had uh, ladies and gentlemen that were in like their 40s and 50s. So we had a really great range of ages. So I learned a lot because there were different people in different faith journeys and different places in their walk with the Lord. So that was really, I think, a very impactful time for us in learning and growing in in Christ. Well, it sounds like God took you kind of out of your comfort zone. He did. (laughs) And stretched you (laughs) in your faith and caused you to have to rely on him since you weren't near your parents and near familiar area, so to speak. Yes. Just any, maybe any memories or any lessons that he taught you during that time that you really have held on to or really, you know, have helped you in your faith journey. You mentioned that you were kind of in a multi-age, yes, multi-generational yes. Bible study and that you really learned a lot from being in that Bible study with those women. Yes, I did. And what was really interesting is... Drew was also working with the youth in that same church. And so we would have, sometimes the group would meet at our house, and these young men that he was kind of mentoring and and leading with another gentleman in the church. It was a really neat thing to watch. And I think because of just the interactions that we were having, one thing that I learned that I hadn't really thought about was that you can impact people and not even kind of know that you're doing it because I'm sure that if you ask the ladies that I consider to have been a very influential stability in my life at that time, they might not have thought that they did anything special. They just welcomed me into their study. And so I think for me, learning that just a kindness, a gesture, an invitation, all of those things can really reach somebody that might be feeling not so worthy but if you just make a kind gesture, sometimes that just makes all the difference. And so I, I kind of think about that in just day-to-day life, speaking to people, you know, when I'm interacting at a restaurant or a grocery store. You know, you just never know what you're going to say to somebody, even just in a short exchange that might just put a smile on their face or make their day. So um, I think just knowing that um, you can influence people in a very small way, it doesn't have to be anything huge, um, but just sometimes a smile or just saying hello to somebody might help them have a better day than they're having and it might be an invitation yes like that is powerful just to think about um they didn't really give you a lot of choice i mean she just was awesome picking you up yes she did sometimes i don't think maybe because you you were coming from a place where and I'm going to guess your personality was you weren't really wanting to go out and meet a bunch of people you didn't know. That is right. <laughs> that is so, right. So, you know, I think that's a challenge for me and a challenge for our listeners to think about who is it in our life sure. that might just not need an invitation, but a, hey, I'm coming to pick you up. Right. What a beautiful 
picture of the body right. of Christ. Well, and I, one really cool story that I have always um, laughed about, I wasn't real confident in my driving in that area. We were in a more urban area than we are here. And so driving in a lot of traffic and driving in different traffic patterns, they have traffic circles in New Jersey, like all kinds mm-hmm. of weird stuff. And one evening I left my apartment to go to the house where we always had our study. And I, as soon as I left the house, evidently they called me because the lady that was hosting had the flu. And, of course, that was the days before cell phones. So there was no phone for Drew to call me and say, hey, come on back home. So when I got to her house, she just came to the front door and said, you know, I'm sick. They're going to meet at this other lady's house, which was quite a bit further and in a more unfamiliar area. So I turned around, and I was headed back to the apartment, and I thought, okay, I have a choice. I can go home. Or I can try and go to this other house. And they all assumed that I was just going to go back home. Well, I showed up. And they celebrated with me like it was like the best thing that had ever happened. And to me, that was just really special because they knew that was a really huge deal. That I wasn't as comfortable driving in that area. And especially at night in a place I didn't know very well. And so it was just that type of encouragement that I had from them, you know, the whole time we were living there. Which was short by comparison now to the time we've lived here. But I've never forgotten it. It was just a really great, it was a great experience. And um, they just embraced us and they taught us and they shepherded us. And it was just a really, it was a really great experience. And when we moved back here in um, October of 97, Drew and I were, you know, trying to figure out what we were going to do and where we were going to get settled in. And the story of how we got back here was a very awesome one in my mind that Drew had decided he really wanted to be in youth ministry, like that was something that he would kind of really like to bring home with the church that we had attended before we left. And as soon as he kind of made that decision, these doors started opening and we were home in a very short period of time after, you know, he kind of made that step forward and said that he really wanted to do that. And we moved back here in October. And then in December, one of our, my a dear lady in our life who was a Sunday school teacher and a mentor all through growing up in college called me and she was the um, teaching leader at that time of BSF Bible study fellowship Mm -hmm. and kind of the same thing. She said, I think it would be really great if you and your mom would come and they were studying acts and it was like the midpoint, but she said, come after the holiday break and we'll, you know, get you involved. And that was also another very impactful time of study. I did all the studies of BSF, um, and I did those with my mom, which was really special, and and just able to dig. And I really do love to dig into the Word and learn, you know, the history of stuff and learn how it all connects together. And so that was another thing in my life that just kind of deepened the faith journey. But again, it wasn't, hey, you know, would you really like to do this? It was more like, I think this would be a really good idea for you to do. And so that's been another... um, another journey that's been very significant for me just to the love of learning about the bible and studying the word of god and and it just it's it's been a very a very impactful time and i I miss it i haven't been for quite a number of years but i i do miss it and uh just really enjoyed that deeper learning of the scripture it's amazing the seasons that we go through yes and so it sounds like those were two really important seasons for you one the body of Christ helped you to step outside of your comfort zone and engage a whole new community of yes. believers and um, knowing how they embraced you just added to the experience you had had. Yes. Uh, but it took you stepping out. Yes. And none of that would happen. Yes. Had you not stepped out, drove out, whatever. Yes. yes. To those places and then coming back and 
you had the community piece and then you got that deep yes. study foundational. Yes. Um, so that was well, 1997. Um, yeah. What has been happening since then? <laughs> well, we have two girls. I have two. I have two beautiful daughters, and um, they're women now. They're though. they're young ladies <laughs> and growing, and and life is good. Um, we've been very blessed and. I always laugh because I said I married an architect and then I became a pastor's wife because <laughs> Drew's journey took him in a different profession and um, he has been called and, and is um, and preaching the word and that's been an interesting journey as well but just another um, for me another way God has been so faithful because that's not a role I have seen myself in and I was always worried about the move like when you're a pastor and you have you know different areas that you're preaching in. And I always teased Drew, and I said, I moved for your first career. You know, we laughed because that's how we got to New Jersey was the architecture part. But he really felt very, very called and and very strong that that's what, you know, he was to pursue. And so we've been just very grateful that the Lord has honored both of our desires that Drew has been able to fulfill his calling as a pastor, but we didn't have to move anywhere. And um, it's been a blessing to be able to stay in the area um, with our parents and our kids being around their grandparents. It's just been a very important thing for us is that our families are very close. And so um, we've just been very grateful that the Lord has honored the desires of both of our hearts uh, for him to be able to fulfill what he really felt called to do, but for us to be able to stay in the area that we also feel called to be in with our families and our our church friends and that kind of thing too so it's been great that's been good I know that the Lord has been very faithful um, to your family and um, has worked out a lot of things and I'm thinking about something you went through back a few years ago with your dad yes things have been good but it doesn't mean everything's been easy yes yes um just the journey of your dad going through what he went through. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can, yes, I'll I'll just share uh, briefly. Um, My dad uh, had surgery that was supposed to be pretty straightforward, which ended up not going quite as anticipated. And he ended up, uh, the surgery was in January and he didn't come home until April. Mm -hmm. And it was um, several weeks in ICU and some rehabilitation. And just throughout that journey, my mom and I spent a lot of time Uh, with him in the hospital and just there were many days where we were just sitting you know we were just sitting there and I just I just remember being very overwhelmed by all of the information and all of the things we were having to keep track of and Drew was so wonderful he was here with the kids and you know just keeping things um, on track here but mom and I we just felt very sure that we were supposed to be with him and trying to figure out all the things that were happening because there were just so many pieces involved with his recovery and we were just trying to keep on top of all of it. But the Lord, he was faithful and we did see a miracle and we are so grateful he's doing well. And, you know, he's had a great faith journey himself. He and my mom, you know, would just absolutely give all glory to God for the recovery that he has experienced. And um, it's, it's just been a very um, special thing for our family to be able to say we started here but we came out on the other side but he was close we knew people were praying we could feel it the visitors and the cards and the encouraging text messages and just everything that we knew that this church family was supporting us it does really make you understand what it is to have not only your immediate family supporting you but also your church family and 
throughout my entire life, my parents have always been very involved. Sunday school classes and get-togethers, and they were a part of a shepherding ministry at my church growing up. And I don't remember a time in my life when I have not known my parents ministering to older people in our congregation. I have a whole list that I know of people from my very early childhood recollections, people that we would go visit on a regular basis, people that couldn't get out and go do, you know, that they would go visit. And just looking back on that, it's just a really cool legacy to see how they've ministered in the church. And then during that time with my dad, seeing how people were ministering to them on the flip side of it. And I think it's not easy necessarily to be on that flip side because, you know, people have their lives and you, you know, you want people to pray for you, but you don't necessarily think about them ministering to you. And we did have, you know, just so many people that ministered to us during that time, you know, my whole family. And for that, we are grateful and we are just very grateful to the Lord and give him all the glory for dad's recovery. And he's done, he's done well. He's done well. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Kathy. And I know you were talking about the families that your parents have ministered to. I know uh, there was a family that moved next door to them (laughs) probably 26 years ago that they ministered to and came over, I believe, if I remember Dad saying this correctly, when we first moved in, they actually came over and asked if we had a church and invited us to church. Yes, yes. And Dad, he got a little chuckle out of that. He's like, actually, I'm the pastor of the church right up here about a mile down the road at the yes. time was where our church was located. And I just, yeah, fond memories. And then I believe when you guys uh, first moved back from New Jersey, you guys lived there for, for a while brief, your yes. house was being built for yes. like six or nine months or yeah. whatever it was. And so we that's how we got to know you guys yes. uh, for the first time, uh, even before you guys started coming here. Exactly. So uh, just a great legacy that they have left. And a great example that they have set for you. Absolutely. Um, just uh, so any other memories that you might have? Well, you were talking about your dad and mom being next door to my parents. And that was a really, it was a really special relationship that we were able to build with your mom and dad. And when we decided it was um, time for us to look for another church home, just because of our, our kids and things that we were needing to do, we, First Church was kind of the first place we really the only place we thought, hey, because we knew the children's program was really good and they'd have a good impact on our kids. And so knowing your mom and dad on that neighbor level really was a very neat thing to then be able to know them on a pastoral level as well. And uh, Harrisonburg First Church has been a great church home for us until we planted in Verona. And we always consider Harrisonburg our home church. You know, at this point, we have Livingstone and we're grateful for that. But we do have a church family here as well. And we have we still are in touch with some of the people from our growing up church too. So, you know, it's just been a really, we've had just a lot of people in our lives that have helped us along the way and really guided and ministered to us. And as a young couple, that was truly, truly important for us to kind of come alongside us and help us in our faith journey. Well, Kathy, I want to ask you about what God's doing right now. You mentioned that you and your husband, Drew, have planted a church in Verona. And uh, when we interviewed him, he mentioned that it was a plant out of our church here, so yes. our first church of the Nazarene. But I don't want to 
skip the fact that you work here at Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene. Yes. So anything that you want to share about that before we continue? I'm grateful that I I do work here at the church and have been able to kind of keep my foot in both because (laughs) um, we do miss the people here that have so impacted our lives in a wonderful way and and the small groups. And we've just really um, been very blessed to know that even though we have planted a church from Harrisonburg first, that we still have friends and we still have people here that really still minister to us. And we're grateful and we love our new church family. And I feel like that wouldn't have been possible without some of the things that we have experienced through our life here at First Church. And so when Drew and I kind of made that switch and he was... um, in for starting out the church plan, I was like, but I still work at the church, so I get to hear all the news from the church, and I get to still see people from the church pretty often, and so it's been it's been a really great thing that I've been able to still be here and love my job and just love being able to to hang out with the people that have been so important to us. So it's great. Well, you mentioned Kathy that you went from being um, an architect's wife to a pastor's wife. Did you see that coming? Um, you knew he had a call in his life. He was came back here to do youth ministry. Yes. But this was another step, This was another right? step. It was. It was. And when he first told me that he was really feeling led to start the school of ministry and to start taking the classes, and again, it really made me nervous, and not for the part of his calling, but for the what that meant for our family as far as moving. And as I've already mentioned, the Lord's been mm-hmm. so faithful in that. And so being a pastor's wife was not something I ever thought of myself as but fortunately a lot of the people that attend living stone we were friends first Mm -hmm. and so that's made that's made that journey a little bit easier because I am just myself I don't feel like I have to fit a specific mold to be considered a pastor's wife I you know that I do the things that I'm able to do because, you know, working full-time, there's ministry stuff that I don't participate in just because of scheduling and things like that, but can still be supportive and still do the things that I needed to do. But it's given me some flexibility and some freedom to be able to kind of be myself and still be a pastor's wife too. Because I think so often people think of a stereotypical pastor's wife and I don't feel like I do fit that description. And so I did worry about that a little bit, but it has not been, it's not been an issue like, you know, like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Some of those things we worry about are just things we worry about. Exactly. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think, um, God knew when he created you that you would be a pastor's wife and he made you just like you are. Yes. And, um, I think we have to learn to fit in our own skin and uh, fit into really the mold that God made us. Like, we can't change that. Um, He made us the way we are for a specific reason. And I think, I just look back at your life and just see how your parents did such an amazing job of making sure that um, you were a part, that it was an important part to them. Mm -hmm. And... You know, you left here and probably wondered what was going to happen. Yeah. And someone just scooped you up and brought you right back into the ministry. And really, I believe that Drew got scooped up too. Yeah. You know, by the men. And that's such a beautiful picture of what I was sitting here thinking, wow. So the men were over here. They were scooping up the guys, and the women were scooping up the women, and yes. they were growing. Yes. That's beautiful. Yes. Um, it's 
challenges me to think about who do I need to scoop up. Yes, and one know? of my dearest friends, uh, Drew Lafson says she's my souvenir from New Jersey because uh, she and I were the same age. And so we were in this group together, and so we kind of have had this life journey, you know, even that we, we talk often. And, um, and so it's just been really fun to, to still be in touch with her and kind of keep those connections, you know, from where we were um, and be back here. But my mom and dad are also just a, a fun trivia. They met in church, too. Oh, really? So they did. <laughs> So yeah, so it's it's been a it's been a great you I know mean, it's been a great legacy for my family, and it's not always been easy, and it's you know we have challenges uh, just like everybody else, but we have been very blessed in my life and in you know in the lives of my family that just being able to say the Lord's been faithful in a lot of situations, and like I said, protecting you know kind of that you know protective bubble <laughs> in some respects because you know I think that there you know definitely were things that. I could have gotten into and, you know, didn't and just didn't have that draw. And I think that that was, I think that was definitely the Lord, you know, kind of steering, steering you in a direction that, you know, that's not the way you need to go. And, and so put this person in your life and they're going to take you to a group. Yes. And that's what you're going to do. You know, when I pull the thread of the tapestry of your life, I see that like just that protection. Yes. And that close-knit like I think when I think of you I think of the word close-knit yeah you know you are close-knit from the time you were a little girl yeah from family church family God has always had like you said that bubble yeah um, yeah and it's pretty amazing I'm grateful I'm grateful yeah. I all glory to the Lord it really is because I have lots of friends that you know just it hasn't it hasn't been like that right. and so I'm just I'm very I'm very grateful. It's not everyone's story, but like you said, it does not mean that you have not endured hardship. Right. I mean, we've had challenges. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. um, But your word today would be that God has been faithful. Absolutely. In the midst of all of it. Absolutely. Right. Indeed. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you for uh, being willing to join us today and to share your testimony. I've really enjoyed hearing your testimony. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that as Kathy Ritter has shared her testimony today on Front Porch Talks, that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.